Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018 is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant. NGW and an NWA World title defense by Nick Aldis taped for £10 of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchamania, myself and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing much better than I was when we were reviewing Backlash, which listeners are about to hear for themselves. Because what did we just do, matey? So last week, uh, we sort of teased this a little bit. We talked about how we're trying to have more downtime in our day because we work solidly. And by doing so, we almost gave you motion sickness by playing Mario Kart on the SNES um, so instead, we've decided to try something a little bit different that we've also been talking about for a while. A little bit more active. Yes. Getting ourselves out of the actual studio and going to, I mean, effectively a different building and going indoors. We went to the gym. Yes, we did. We went to a gym. And it's the first time we, we worked out that I have been to a gym, stepped inside of a gym, for maybe five years. You When we were trying to work this out... You were very reluctant to give me a time. You you would just say it was about two jobs ago. Well, yeah, it was or re- it was about <laughs> this. That just all the possible ways you could describe time without saying actual normal like days or well, weeks I, or I w- years. I was trying was. to work it out by what I was doing at that time. So I, I was working at a job. So I was like, oh, that was two jobs ago. Technically, it was three because I didn't count freelancing in well, as well. So technically, it was three jobs ago. 
um, and that's about four or five years. So how did you find it? I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. It, was, it was good. It's, it's the first time I've ever been to a gym with someone else. I've only ever really gone on my own. And then when I go to a gym, the problem is, as I was explaining to you last week, and the reason why I stopped going to the gym is because of all the big scary boys. I, yeah, essentially, I just get scared. And the, all the boys are bigger. Everyone looks like they know what they're doing, which means I'm the only person in the room who doesn't know what they're doing. And I don't know what all the things are. I don't know what the etiquette is. I don't know what all of these things do. So I just get scared and I run on a treadmill for a bit, get bored and I go. Yes. Uh, the first mistake you've made there is everyone thinks they know what they're doing. Yeah, but they look like they, they know do, what They do, they do, they do. But I mean, you know. From what I understand from physical fitness, and I'd like to say that's, I mean, maybe I am not the physical fitness peak, but I I know a lot from reading and, and friends of mine. That's not, a lot of people don't do it right. <laughs> well, the problem is like, I don't get anxious and mm. I, I don't suffer from anxiety. I'm, you don't. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm quite lucky in that in that sense. That is obnoxiously the, so. Obnoxiously just so. Just walk into a room. And, don't and, care about social anxiety. I don't really mind. I'm not really bothered. That's the only place in the world where I feel anxious. Fear. It is fear. And we almost, I almost suffered it today mm. when you and I, we we got there. We went on a treadmill. That I know what I'm doing there. Yep. You showed me what buttons I need to press. I pressed those buttons and I ran two kilometers in about 12 minutes. Grand. That was fine. I was very sweaty by the end of it. Need to get myself a towel. Lesson learned. Yes. So that, but that's fine. You know, and we did that. Then we went over to this thing because we're doing the Cesaro strength training. Essentially. <laughs> okay. No one else is going to know. I have just, I've just dropped that in to make you interested. <laughs> no, no one else. This isn't it, like a, a, in, a normal term for it. But in fairness, you didn't even need to do that. Yes. Like you, because I mean, I'm looking to you for, for guidance as someone who frequents a gym and knows what they're doing. I'm just because you'd be like, what do I do now? So mm. I'm essentially just copying what you're doing, which is a strength training thing, right? Which is good because I, I, that's something I could do. I need to work on my cardio because I'm, I'm very bad and I need to kind of work on my strength stuff. So that's all. That's all great. So we, we got you gave me an app to download. I downloaded this app. And then the first thing we had to do was bar squats. Front uh, front squats, yes. Front front squats with, with weights and, and that. Yeah. With a bar. Well, with a bar, yes. And we couldn't... I, oh, and I couldn't do it <coughs> because I couldn't get my elbows out far enough or something. Your shoulders are too tight. My shoulders are... to loosen those up. Yes. Yeah. So then you essentially had to stop... And then this is where my panic started coming in because you had to stop your workout <laughs> to help me. I was just trying to figure out what to do. That's what I mean. <laughs> you had to stop what you were doing to kind of guide me and be like, oh, how do we fix this idiot? And I'm like, oh, no, I've, ru- I've ruined everything. And I was like, oh, I'm, let's just not bother. I'll just, I'll go, just go home. I'll just go home. I'll just go sit in the car for a bit. <laughs> I'll just go sit in the treadmill for a bit. Mm. You know, and that, that, was, that, was my, that, was, that was where the worry came through. And eventually we worked something out and I just did it behind my head. I did it over my shoulders. A back squat. A back yes. squat, thank you. Um, but, so, I want to use this podcast. Ooh. I want to use this podcast for good. Because I'm going to read. I did a, um, what th- do you call it? Well, I stood on that weight thing. What was that? That was, yeah, like a body composition machine. So yeah. it's a, like a big scales, but it also sends an electrical current through you. And it, it has a crude measurement of body fat. Yes. So uh, I so I can now put on the record of how much I currently weigh and all of my other gubbins that mm. we took photos of. Yes. So that I can keep a record 
of this. It's and a public accountability. A public accountability. And I can hopefully, like the, the SWAP nation, I'm sure no one cares. My, maybe my wife will care. But like no one else will particularly care. But I can like see how much I'm progressing. So currently I weigh 74 kilograms, which is um, uh, 11 stone nine mm. um, and about 163 pounds for our American listeners. That's how you would be billed if you were coming to the ring. So... There's a, there's a space for you after SmackDown on Tuesday nights, my friend. No. <laughs> Should I get Drake on the phone? Yeah, um, well, well, we know him. Yes. Um, uh, and my body composition baseline, I am 25% fat. I am 43% muscle. Get in. And I am... Uh, that's mainly the penis, though, right? Well, that's what I figured, yes. yeah. Uh, and I am 56% hydration. I don't know what that last bit means. Oh, okay, that's good. I think that's... That... Yeah, let's ignore that. Okay. <laughs> I really only want to look at the body fat one. That's the one you want to get down. If you So if you want to get a six-pack, typically we're looking at sub-10%. Sub-10%. Well, body fat. That's a, yeah. that's a, I've got to lose 15% there. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, so that's 74 kilograms with a BMI of 23, which is a healthy weight for my height. Okay. Uh, with the body mass index. That, that much I do know because my mother, um, uh, a former nurse and head of the PCT. Um, but I do have the uh, the body of a 42-year-old. The, meta- yes. the metabolic age of a 42-year-old. And for the record, just so in case there's yeah, every podcast, is someone's first podcast, I'm 32. Mm. So I am uh, 10 years my senior in terms of how I actually feel, I guess. Which makes sense, because as I said to you on the journey there, I get out of breath walking up the steps to the tube. It's not that many steps. Well, maybe we could extend this out to everyone. If anyone is crazy enough to share their particulars with us, oh yeah, just just tweet it in. Absolutely, tweet it into Luke. Luke will retweet it. We'll have a big public accountability. Get fit. This is the sort of thing people usually do in January, but for us fans, it's a post backlash world. Exactly. That's right. WrestleMania, the epilogue is finally over, and now. We we this is our New Year's New Wrestling Year's resolutions. Yeah, maybe that's what I should do. Maybe I should always reveal how much I've improved by every pay per view. Yes. So come WrestleMania next year, we'll have been able to see like how much I have grown. I guess, or um, maybe lost shed shed exactly because I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be like Finn Balor by the end of this. I'm gonna be Seth Rollins up here. At least, mate. If there's one thing I know about going to the gym, it needs very little work, and you can go in frequently. And you know, within two weeks, you'll have the exact body you want. This is pretty and much. And yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, it's a great thing to hear. <laughs> that's what great thing to hear. So yeah, I mean, if anyone does want to get involved with Wrestle Talk, gets better. Um, I mean, do you want to be revealing what you're? Uh... <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but if you want to get involved with WrestleTalk Get Better, like send me an email. We're, we're doing this together. I feel kind of like I feel kind of great about it. Yes, I feel, I feel good, and I haven't felt good about going to the gym or doing any form of exercise in quite some time. So I'm excited by all this. Excellent stuff. Uh, but so we will we will get on with the show now because I'm sure people want to hear about Backlash more. But I will tease an anecdote for the outro, which is another fitness thing. Ollie got drunk on Saturday night and made a stupid commitment and booked something and now he's got to do it. What could it be? Find out after the show. One of the worst WWE shows in recent memory. Uh, I hope we don't get another one this bad. And we're going to kick off today talking about the main event of that show, the last match, which 
that whose enduring image will be people leaving the the crowd as soon as the the ending comes and throughout the match indeed. yeah so i haven't seen this video you you wrote yeah. up the, the, about this in your news well uh, yeah so a video was has been sharing around online mm. from a, a twitter user named ray falcone who recorded during the uh, during the uh Ray Falcone. 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 So during, I, I mean, I don't know which chin lock it was. It could have been any number of the 20 chin locks wow. in the match. But during one of the chin locks, uh, he was kind of panning around. I would say, Ray Falcone, if you are watching this, hold on a certain image for a little while before just like whipping rounds because you don't, you don't get the full impact otherwise. But either way, it's like Kevin Dunn filmed it. They never think of the poor guys trying to get images from their videos for wrestling news well, videos. Speaking of which... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, today is a bank holiday in the UK. We, I mean, one of us was going to end up working anyway because we always want to provide uh, content for No days off. Here. No, no days off, Luke and Ollie. However, one of us would have been able to have the day off here. You were actually going to have the day off. You were going to be spending it with your lady partner's mother because it's her birthday. And, and other people. And other people. It wasn't just yeah. me and my lady no, no, partner's no, mum. I would say for her birthday. With other people, yes. I yeah. should, yes, should, should clarify, with other people. But because of backlash... We had to come in here. But WWE never think of the little person, do they? No. They never think of the little people who have to watch these awful shows and then come in to talk about them. I mean, it's a toss-up. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't mind backlash if that's a... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love the, the other side of the family, <laughs> my adopted family. But, but any, yeah. anywho, so Ray Falcone uh, filmed this video and it was people leaving the arena during the match. And it, was, and it wasn't like he called it a ton of people. It wasn't a ton of people. But it was noticeable groups of people getting up and leaving and there were just empty portions of seats especially on the the hard camera side but also on the uh, uh, the other side as well uh, against the hard camera so there was a lot of people walking out and my favorite moment of this show and i've watched it several times now because i had to get the video clip i had to get an image for it for the news but it made me laugh at the time anyway was when the bell rung and kevin dunn went to the crowd to get a reaction shot it was people standing up and walking out like literally it was like bell rung everyone gets up and it's just like it's like a sea of people leaving but there are two schools of thought to this one is that yeah people were walking out because it's a roman reigns match, and it was a boring match anyway but like a very very boring match so people were leaving a protest against roman reigns however the other school of thought is that the beat the traffic chant was to be taken literally because the show went i think 30 34 or 37 minutes longer than the three hours it was meant to go so there were people who were like i need to go home and got work tomorrow. Exactly, I've got work tomorrow. So there are there were people who were leaving just it's a because, school night. Exactly, because it's, yeah. So there were a lot of people who were leaving. Well, one of the schools of thought is that people weren't just leaving because it was a boring match and leaving because Roman Reigns won and leaving because Roman Reigns was in the main event. They were leaving because the show went long and they had to go and beat the traffic. I, I'm I'm curious about the quantifiable name you've used for these. So Falcone <laughs> has said tons. Mm. You said sees of people there well in that one shot that kevin dunn accidentally managed to, to grab it was like a sea of people leaving i think it's a drove mm, okay. i think we got droves people left in their droves i like it i don't really know what a drove is no exactly I, but I, I feel like this is yeah, the time to use it this is good what i like these quantifiable words to, uh, for numbers and there's uh, there's also collective nouns which is a fascinating naming process in themselves what is the collective noun for WWE fans, a universe w- of people left. Exactly, <laughs> perhaps it was. Although there were two lads down at the front who had 
crazy, crazy haircuts. I mean, I'm not one to talk because I have no hair. I mean, you and I are both balding men. We're jealous, really. We're jealous, really. But there were two lads who had just, like crazy hair who were super into Roman Reigns, and they were super into him winning as well. Well, as I said, like, you know, it's it's a conservative estimate to say when you've got 100 people in a room... One of those people is going to be an idiot. Well, actually, you know, saying that, I mean, I put up this morning on Twitter, Backlash was a show, a pretty awful one. You know, lol, lol. Hot take. Hot take on, on this it's show. It's the sort of stuff you can get if you follow oh, Luke. Man. It's much better. The Wrestle Talk official Twitter account, I would I would say it's better. You reckon? Yeah, it's yeah. really good. I mean, I, Go I, and follow I mean, them. I mean, I would agree. Um, but I did get uh, one tweet out of all the people replying to me, like, I also think this was a bad show. Yeah, apart from the opener, it was a pretty lousy show. But I did get one person, the chairman of the board, Jer Personen, did, yeah. Jer, did email, I uh, did tweet me back to say, like, oh, I thought the show was great. Oh. So there's always going to be that mm. one person who thinks that Roman Reigns is great or Backlash was a good show. That is fascinating. So, yeah, and everyone's entitled to their opinions. I, I would heavily argue that this was a really terrible show, though. Uh, I, I don't... I can't find much salvageable. The The only good thing, really, was the the opener, like we said, the Seth Rollins versus Miz match, not the Bailey versus Ruby Riot match on the pre-show. Uh, but that that's... Like, as great as that was, where does it go now? Because those two people are on different brands... This isn't going to continue a story. It doesn't really set up anyone else. There wasn't a Finn Balor run-in. So it's like, oh, it was just a good one-off. And that's that's probably been the main criticism of Seth Rollins. He has these incredible matches, but the creative behind it really isn't there to, to help him out. But the Roman Reigns-Samoa Joe match, this, it was... It, we're, we're saying it's the, is this the end of Roman Reigns? And this isn't doomsaying now. This is... One of the clearest indications that Roman post WrestleMania is not over anymore, and that no, like, and it's and it's not like he has been over in the way that Vince McMahon wants him to for the last four years. But now it really feels like he he is past it. It has jumped the shark to the level where it doesn't work now. And this this was the real nail in the coffin for me. Losing to Brock at Mania, uh, as shocking as it was, it has it's effectively killed Roman's character and the appeal and now you you are getting these boos but the worst thing is indifference and apathy when people walk out of matches and this had Samoa Joe in it and I thought so I was so excited to see Samoa Joe he got a really good promo earlier in the night where he said I'm gonna turn the big dog into a whimpering puppy mm. which I thought was a, a wicked line it got a reaction from the crowd and then the match started off really hot yeah it did and that's where I thought this match was going I thought it was going to be like a SummerSlam yes let's just carnage round ringside and let's you know let's fill this up but then it just turned into Chinlocks Chinlock City yeah, it, and just rest holds and I've, I've heard a couple of schools of thought um, you love that, your that, schools that's of my thought, phrase right, of the day um, uh, some people are such saying, an academic <laughs> man <laughs> oh, I wrote a book no I'm kidding um, I, uh, I've seen a few people say uh, that the theory as to why this match was nothing but chin locks and rest holds was that people would boo Samoa Joe because he's putting on a boring match and therefore would cheer Roman when he makes his comeback. And that didn't really work. That didn't really mm. sort of come across because everyone was just... They weren't booing Joe either. They were just... They were booing the match. They were bored. They were chanting... There were a various chance there was, this is, this is boring. Yep. Delete. Rusev Day, of course, and beat the traffic and CM Punk. A, a chance, 
I'd imagine we're going to hear at the next pay-per-view as well because it's emanating from Chicago. Which probably means he's returning, right? Well, that's what I would assume. Yes. Yeah. CM Punk return confirmed at WrestleTalk. Uh, the, it's, yeah, and, and Samoa Joe, he, he started off so hot and he when he puts Roman through the table right at the start, so he attacks Roman as he's celebrating, not celebrating, but doing his ring post poses and when he gets off the post Joe attacks him throws him outside puts him right through the table with an Uranagi Uragu and then (laughs) throws him over to others and Joe just looked like the meanest Emma effer on the planet the ferocity he showed in his face I was like holy moly this is okay this is why this has gone on last and and then they get into the ring and then the bell rings and like like you said, Joe just like toys with Roman. A few punches here, rest hold. A few punches there, rest hold. It wasn't even like Roman Reigns was coming back and then getting cut off. And it just falls down from a match psychology perspective, like you said, and a just a believability perspective. Mm. If Joe, like, if you treat this like an actual match, and Joe is this psycho killer guy who's who's really intense, and he. He puts Roman through the table right in the get-go. Why would he not then win as soon as possible? You know, Kakina clutch right away, chokes him out, or muscle buster as soon as you've hit, like, as soon as the bell rings. At least an attempt. But he doesn't. He just toys around with Roman for, like, 15 to 20 minutes. It, this match felt like it went on for a long, it long time. It was maddening. And, like, in my, my notes here, I was like, Joe hit the Uranagi through the table in the first 30 seconds. He then throws him over the table. Match finally gets started and grinds to a halt as they do rest holds and the crowd chant for CM Punk. Like, it was, it, literally, as soon as the bell rang, turn into rest holds. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's incredible how it just ground to a halt as soon as it started. And it, like, it just doesn't make sense no. from, from any... Any, yeah. Look, but Joe does a dive. They go back to rest holds. Like there was a few moments where they were like, "Oh, big spot!" Straight back into rest holds. Yeah, and just killed the crowd. And this crowd was, they just got killed and killed and killed as this show went on. It started off so hot. Like I, I the pre-show, Bailey got a great reaction. Ruby Riot got a great reaction. Rollins and Miz sort like tore the house down. It was like a massive crowd reaction throughout it. But as each match went on and the terrible finishes across this show just kept coming and coming and coming, by the time this match came around, the crowd weren't into it and it's and this just killed them further. But, it, was, it was it was absolutely you're right, actually the perfect word for this, it was maddening. Yeah. This was and I, I really don't like it when people say, oh, this was a really bad crowd tonight. Come on, show some passion. It's WWE's responsibility to put on a good show for these people who have paid money to come and watch them. Yeah. It's not like that, that is such an entitled, reversed way of thinking. Ah, it's so, so, yeah, this was 19 minutes of Joe working over Roman in the most boring way possible. And then... Roman hits a spear at the end. After a few, you know, there was a few Superman punches here and there that drive by normal spots. And then just one spear for the pin. Or there was an earlier spear, wasn't there? But mm-hmm. Joe got his foot on the ropes. Yeah, and there was a Kakina clutch, which it looked like Roman was going to pass out yeah. from. He was like, his eyes were rolling into the back of his head. But the referee didn't call for the end of the match. And then all of a sudden he woke up. And as soon as he woke up and rolled it over, the crowd booed. But if the idea, if that school of thought is actually good, good true. Good phrase. Yeah. And... The idea was to get Samoa Joe booed so you would cheer for Roman Reigns. What on earth is happening? You you are having to kill other characters who are over to to get this one guy over 
a little bit. Yeah. Like as a knee-jerk response over, not a genuine emotional connection over. It's just, this is now... that We sounded like broken records for, for years on Roman Reigns, and so did everyone else. And then I think there was the year of 2017 to 18 where, okay, we're just, we're accepted it. They're telling this main event story. It's not an intriguing story, but it's well told, actually. And then WrestleMania happened, and it's just a waste of a year of storyline and character building. And then after WrestleMania, I think all that all that dissatisfaction with WWE has come rushing back and their choice of a top guy. Roman Reigns, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. He's a fantastic in-ring wrestler. But it's WWE's portrayal of him and their booking, which has just crushed him. And... It, they are, it's going to get, it's dangerous to keep building everything around him in the main event. Ah, yeah, no, I mean, it's got to be the end now. Well, as I said, I, 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 I mean, I'm in complete agreement with you here. I mean, I've, I've said over the last couple of shows that the swerve at WrestleMania for the sake of doing a swerve because everyone was expecting Roman to win, no pun intended, screwed the pooch because now no one cares. He didn't win at WrestleMania. He didn't win at Greatest Royal Rumble. What has a win over Samoa Joe done for him? Absolutely nothing. So Samoa Joe, who is programming himself into the main event of SmackDown going for the WWE Championship, like, comes out of this match looking like a complete chump because he worked over the match for t- like 95% of it. He was in control and then lost in the 5% that he wasn't. He just looks like an absolute loser now, which means he's now going to go and face AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, who then get downgraded as well, because then the WWE Championship gets devalued if he starts beating them. It's it's really, really awkward. Bad night for SmackDown as well, because Miz lost. Basically, if you're a Raw guy, you get to win. And if you're a, a SmackDown guy, apparently you don't, at least in the brand v. brand matches, I guess. But it was just a, um, yeah, a, 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 just a bad night for Joe, a bad night for Roman. And... Man, bad I, night for the promotion. Bad, and that's what I was going to say. And a bad, bad night for the promotion. A really, really poor show. And you and I, I feel like, and someone actually really pointed this out in the comments, which I thought was a really, really funny take on this, is that after WrestleMania, you and I said, like, we just need to get Raw after Mania out of the way, and then we can start off this. And then it was like, cool, well, we just need to get the superstar shakeup out of the way, then we can start moving forward. And then it was, we just need to get the greatest Royal Rumble out of the way, then we can start moving forward. And then it became like, well, okay, now we've got Backlash. Let's just get Backlash out of the way. And we, There's got to be a certain point where we just go, I don't know what the, I don't know what the future is. Mm. And if the future is still... And I think that Roman's going to be the next challenger for the Universal Championship. Oh He's still going to be the guy that dethrones Brock Lesnar. I, 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 they've got to switch it to Braun Strowman. I, but I don't think Braun's the right guy either. And I argued this on my Saturday video. The, and, uh, and again, this is not Braun's fault. The way that the company have booked Braun is that he is a guy who gets a hot tag and then runs wild. The, point, the problem with Braun now is that it's almost like no one is on, like, can beat Braun. So you don't, you're going to have to, gonna have to like, bring him down to everyone else's level if he does become champion, I guess. I don't know. It's, but like, for me, it's Rollins is the guy. Rollins, yes. Rollins is the guy that we should be building this company around. Ro- uh, yeah, a Rollins baby face and a heel Roman Reigns. But what I'm... I, if, if on Raw tonight, because I, I really can't see where Reigns' character goes from here unless he turns heel. He, well, he, I'm telling you now, he's won this match. He's going for the Universal Championship. He was screwed at Greatest Royal Rumble, remember? Yeah. If if Roman turns heel tonight, though, or in the next couple of weeks, and loads of people go, ah, it was all a big plan all along, WWE worked you. No. No, that's not how this works. You have, You can't, like, 
do away six weeks or two months worth of terrible storyline with ah but it was all because we were going to swerve you in, in two months time no because a lot of people will, will have turned off and st- i i genuinely believe off the back of this and this is the 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 damaging really worrying part of the audience who don't vocalize their their frustrations like we do they just turn off and they're like ah, i'm kind of over wrestling now uh you know like loads of 14 year old boys you know they're they're all on that precipice where i could i could carry on secretly liking wrestling or i could you know go out and do other things with my life now and and it's not just this match i think this show is full of those sorts of moments where you're like i don't know why i care about wrestling the daniel bryan thing i talk about for for ages because that i thought was an idiotic decision decision Mm. on multiple levels the finish to the aj nakamura match it's like to, I mean, we, we'll go into this in, in greater detail when we do the full review. But it was just like every single match is like, I care less, I care less, and I'm caring less, and I'm caring less. And it, it, this is a show that could be, it's like, it's like WrestleMania X7, that moment when people are just like, you know what, I'm, actually, I'm done watching wrestling. Actually, I'm going to take a little bit of a break from it. And that's always, and there's always that worry after Mania anyway. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So at least we started off with a positive. Oh, well, yes, yeah, let's get some positives out yeah. of here because we've been negative We're not Nigel's. All doomsayers. No, because we've been negative Nigel's uh, for, you know for the first 18 minutes of this show. So let's talk about something that's really positive. This uh, opening bout between the Miz and Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship was ace. Yes. It was great. Uh, it feels like it happened a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh this this was this was just very very good stuff. Rollins continues to have matches of the night 
on Mondays and now Sundays. He, I, I thought this was a very, it was, it was a fine match, but from the knee knee injury spot on the apron onwards, it was really, really good and made and elevated the entire thing mm-hmm. from a like a three and a half to a four star match overall. I completely agree. I just thought this was a really, really fun match. Mm. Um, some really great spots in there. Some really good storytelling, particularly as you said after the the knee uh, knee strike into the corner when he tries to do the revelation knee. Not Is that sure what it's called. Well, that's what Corey Graves calls it. The revelation no, knee. Re- no revolution knee. Revolution knee. Because he spins them around. Not sure what it, what good it would have done doing it on the apron mm. because you're kneeing them in the face, not. Into the match. It's the hardest part of the ring, man. <laughs> they, they'll fall back. Ooh. But it's like when uh, Baron Corbin did that choke slam uh, backbreaker on the ramp. You're like, mm, I mean, he still just landed on your knee, mate. On the steel ramp, the soles <laughs> of his feet hit. Remember when Paige used to do the uh, what was her um, uh, her submission called? The Rampager or something. Something, yeah. something like that. Or that might have been her like DDT or whatever it was. But anyway, she used to do her finishing move. But she'd do it on a table. And you're like, whoa, I mean, they're off the ground. Mm. How, how is this it's hurting It's the you? elevation, man. It's, the, it's gravity just pulls you down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fact, so it's, that's... It's probably hurting Paige more because she's not on a flat surface. But um, there was some really, really good stuff. In there. And then after that knee spot into the corner when Seth was selling the knee, there was just some really, really great moments there. Particularly the second kick out of the scroll cru- uh, skull crushing finale. The scroll? The scrolls, the scrolls, the scroll, scroll crushing finale. Um, it was a, it's a, you know, it's a match to say like, hey man, look how great Rollins mm. is. I really bought into that second fall mm. because when they hit the first skull crushing finale, I was like, yeah, that, that's definitely not the finish of the match, and Seth kicks out. But then I can't remember what happened. But then he hit the second skull crushing finale, and I was like, oh my god, that's just. How are they? My mind's already going, but the Intercontinental title and the United States title can't be on. So he kicked out. Okay, that was a good near fall. Yeah, but I I thought that the best bit of the match for me was the when Miz dodged that Revolution knee or whatever it is, a V trigger into and into the the ring post. So Seth really clobbered his knee there, mm. and then he rolls into the ring immediately and he's selling the knee. And Miz, quick as a whip, runs in there and gets the figure, figure four, four on him. Yeah, and that that got over huge, and and everyone was super into Seth's pain. But Seth just like abdomen crunches up, looks right at at Miz's face, and just goes like and does a, a teeth gnashing snarl and yeah. reverses it. He reversed the polarity, Luke. <laughs> it was perfect, like from all three sides of this, because Rollins' selling of it was great. Because he's there, he's frantically trying to get to that rope. He's trying to get to this rope. He can't get to this rope, and so he's like, oh, "I've just got to, I've got to ab crunch out of this and just empower my way through." So he powers up. He grits his teeth. He's getting and Miz all of a sudden. Then it cuts to Miz going like, "Uh oh, yeah, <laughs> oh dear, now I'm in trouble." And like, so the combination of Rollins, Rollins' performance, Miz' performance, and the direction and the camera work to capture those yes. moments really told that story well. I thought it was a really, really cool spot. And oh man, can we give like you know just a bit of a standing ovation for his frog splash? The Rollins frog splash yeah, is great. so great. He launched himself quite away there I as think well. He landed in the second row. I'm pretty sure. I do you remember there was a a period of last year where every Seth Rollins match was based around selling the knee, mm. and after a while, it was like I don't care about his knee. It's it's like someone cutting a promo on anti-bullying charities after a match. I just I just oh. don't care about anti-bullying promos. We'll, now. we'll come on to that. Yeah, and <laughs> but I, it's been long enough. I was like, I was super into Seth's knee selling, and the the cherry on top was the usual superplex spot into the Falcon Arrow, and when. Seth goes to hit the Falcon Arrow on Miz. He sells the knee and he can't get Miz up. Mm. And that, that, that was when Miz got that 
skull crushing I finale. Think so, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really, yeah, it was, yeah, really, really good stuff. And the, it ended with a curb stomp, yeah, uh, out of nowhere. I yeah, no, yeah, really, really good. Um, my other, only other note from this is, um, you know that lad who's always in the front row with the long hair? Yes, with who, his mum. He goes to every show with his old dear. He was wearing um, a American flag hat at quite the jaunty angle. Well, he's he's a cool guy. <laughs> I've never seen him wear a hat before, but he when he wears a hat, oh boy, it's jaunty. It's it's over, isn't it? <laughs> it was it was jaunty. It's well, all it's I can probably, tell you. probably a better angle than most of the angles that took place <laughs> on this show. And next up, this was it was just completely downhill. Oh, downhill from here. from here. It was downhill hard. If you don't want to hear us be negative for the next half hour, I mean, I'd, I'd stop watching now, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so, Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. And this was kind of the pattern for the night, in that the person who was going to... Oh, well, that's not true, actually, because Carmella won. But the the less threatening of the, the two opponents would dominate the entire match, like 90% of the match. Bliss took all of this when all the crowd wanted to see was Nia do some monster moves and squash her. But it went on 10 minutes of Bliss just working over Nia, rest hold here, slap here. Nia looked rubbish. And I don't say that lightly. Uh, And Bliss throws her outside and then takes forever to get her in. Nia just got nothing and then won at the end, but with quite a cool catch of Twisted Bliss into a Samoan drop for the end. Yeah, it was, it was a nice finish, but man, they were in the, <coughs> they were in the, death, uh, the death spot after that opener. On the second... No, but like this is the second, third match if you include the kickoff. I remember after that, that shouldn't yeah. be a death spot. After the, um, after the, the Seth Miz match, I, didn't, I almost wrote in my notes, man, I feel sorry for whoever's next. And when I saw the details, I was like, oh man, that sucks. Yeah, but they did like... And then they failed spectacularly, and it's not just them two. Yeah. Both of them were pretty bad. I thought it was the agenting and the booking of the match as yeah. well that they were presumably told to go out and wrestle. I completely agree. And after this, like, pretty rubbish match, which didn't connect with the crowd because, like I said, everyone wants to see Nia destroy Bliss. That's the story you've been telling. The bully is is finally going to get their comeuppance. And what happened was Alexa beat Nia for ninety for nine minutes and just get beaten at the end herself. Nia cuts. Such an awkward and staged promo got about how as well. yeah well she got booed because she won yeah. first off and then she was booed because she was talking about anti-bullying and how you can stand up for yourself and it just it was a bad promo on her part it was a badly scripted promo it was a terrible idea to do in front of like the smartest New York crowd you're gonna find New Jersey. New Jersey, the shadow of New York, New Jersey. And then afterwards, Michael Cole reels off all the WWE charity endeavours that they do for anti-bullying, be a star. Such horrible nonsense. It made me want to go out and find the, the wimpiest kid I could find and bully the crap out of them. What you wanted to find was when you and I go to Comic-Con. I and to find some Yu-Gi-Oh players. <laughs> you want to find yeah. your, these Yu-Gi-Oh players that wind you up so much and you just want to nuggy them. There's, it's just, I, I think everyone should be able to be into what they want. It's, it's fine, but the, there's just something about watching those Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> players. I just want to kick over the table. I did start watching uh, Yu-Gi-Oh though recently because it's all on Netflix and it's quite an enjoyable little show to be honest. It's, I'm going it, to bully you. It's, it's, it's utter nonsense but it's quite it's, enjoyable mostly because the voice acting is hilarious. But that, this is, yeah. this was such a bad promo and just such a, just a rubbish, transparent, oh everything's so nice and happy. This is yeah. like, this would never happen in the Attitude Era. I'm not saying let's go back to the Attitude Era but this was 
kid-friendly nonsense and even kids would feel patronised by I mean, it. I, I will disagree with you there because I don't think this is kid-friendly nonsense. What this is, it's um, investor nonsense. This is WWE put on this storyline so they could show to their investors and say, look, look, here's what we are doing on our TV show to also promote Be A Star and we, all the stuff that we're doing with the Be A Star anti-bullying campaign. And look how we seamlessly tied our wrestling storyline into our... Seamlessly. Corporate, into our corporate message. Now, if that was the plan, if the whole... Because I, I was thinking about this on the way here. We should have seen this coming. When as soon as they start doing this bullying stuff, we should have seen this is this is just a transparent way of um, promoting be a star. I don't know why I, we didn't see it coming, but anyway, if this was the aim, was to just like, hey, look how awesome be a star is, so you can show this to investors. Don't do the plug for it. Just say, look, we did this anti we did this anti bullying storyline TV. So you in a in a boardroom where the audience aren't there, you can show to your investors, here's what we did on our wrestling show, and this is how it ties into our campaign over here. Don't have Michael Cole essentially tell you that's what this was all about. Was like, hey, how great is Be A Star? Look at all the great stuff that we've done. It made me hate this feud, and I've actually quite enjoyed this feud, mm. but it made me hate it because now I realise that all it was was, was propaganda nonsense, for their anti-bullying campaign. Well, let's let's be honest here. Uh, Jax is not a good champion. She hasn't, I, I, she I, hasn't I, got off to I, a good I, start. I hate to say it. I hate yeah. to say it. I, we know the history here. All the good stuff about this feud has been Bliss's moment of Bliss promos. Ever like Nia's character since she's won the title is is just not interesting at the moment. And this was just this was a terrible next chapter for her. To, to, ca- yeah. to cap off this feud with that promo, it is, it's nowhere near the levels of Roman Reigns' character killing. But good grief, try and take her seriously as a monster after this. Well, the other side of this as well is that, well, I don't think they are trying to have you take her seriously as a monster because she's not a monster. She is, she's herself, she, her whole promo was like, you just be yourself, don't be who people tell you to be. She's not meant to be a monster baby face, she's just meant to be Nia Jax, I guess, a, a baby face. But, um, I. Uh, and I've forgotten the point I was going to make now, but like the, the, the thing with Nia Jax is that if... This is what I was going to say. The, the, what I feel that they did was, going into WrestleMania, they made the decision, Nia Jax is going to be our champion. All this time we've been building up to Nia Jax winning the belt. She should be. And she should be. The problem was, they didn't think about what the next step was. They, would, they basically wrote a storyline up until she won, and now they're like, cool, now what? And now they haven't really... Because what's she done on Raw since winning the belt... Be on commentary. She's, been, she's done nothing. She's done absolute sweet FA since mm. winning the belt. Alexa Bliss has been on TV <coughs> all the time. Nia hasn't, really. Nia came out and chased Alexa away. She sat on commentary one time, and I think she had a tag match. But she's done nothing as champion so far. And as you said, all the, the brilliance of this feud has been Alexa Bliss's moments of bliss and all the, the great stuff that she's been doing there. And the question is now who the next challenger is and I guess it's Ruby Riot maybe like I mean because Riot won Moon. well I think it's Ruby Riot only because she's also got the Riot Squad behind her so you can do things like having them interfere in matches and you can tell Nia having to overcome the odds that way which is a better story to tell other than Ember Moon having another one on one feud I guess that is a, a filler feud if I ever heard one. Yeah. So I gave that one and a half stars on the douchebag scale. I'm kind of thinking that was generous now. <laughs> then we got the Samoa Joe, uh, pr- actually one, one star, I think it was. I, ch- I changed these since. Yeah, it was one star. 
Uh, then we got Samoa Joe giving that big dog into a whimpering puppy promo backstage. Then we got Jeff Hardy beating Randy Orton in a two-star match I've had. Uh, yeah, that there's. I mean, what is there to talk about here? This I, was completely missable. Man, the lack of notes that I have written for this match. I've written Orton hit an amazing dropkick while Hardy was attempting a springboard. Crowd chanted for Rusev Day. Hardy wins. Like that. That's all there is yeah. about this match. There was nothing to say about it. I I was quite mesmerized by Jeff Hardy's shirt. It was very shiny. It's kind of Matrix style early noughties. Mm. Uh, and I, I thought Randy wrestled a bit heelish, as he kind of would do, just to make the dynamic more interesting. And I thought, God, he needs to be a heel. I'm not really into, or at least the more badass tweener. The, this match felt that the two of them was like, look, we're third on the card. We, we haven't really had a lot of build going into this. Let's just go out there and have a match. Like, let's just have the safest match. Like, neither of us are going to get hurt. Or speaking of which, Alexa Bliss did get hurt mm. in the... Uh, from what I can gather, from what I've read and heard, it was when Nia was throwing her around during her comeback, uh, Alexa Bliss legitimately injured her left shoulder, which I now believe is that she's the second person that she's hurt in the ring because she hurt Bailey last year. Mm. Um, which is, you know, it's not, not a great run. Um, so, yeah, Alexa Bliss is now... Uh, we don't know how long she's going to be out for. But that also throws a bit of a spanner in the works because it felt like they were building towards a tag team feud of Natty and Ronda against Mickey and yes. Alexa. Um, yes, so that thro- throws a bit of a spanner into those works. Well, Alexa's such a good talker, I would like to see her be used. Still, like, don't take her off telly completely. She mm. could just be... She could make that a, a big thing. Oh, Naya injured me. Yep. And walk around for ages being a manager or a, a backstage personality or something. Very true. But it, uh, uh, it shows how little there was to say about this that as soon as we started yes. talking about it, we talked about something else. Then we got a completely unneeded segment. This was on pay-per-view. Yeah, this is crazy. As if, like, the Jeff Hardy-Randy Orton match didn't scream TV. You then had this and then the later Braun Strowman tag match. And this is so forgettable. And when you... When you go back and think about this segment, and then you remember <coughs> that the show went 37 minutes or whatever it was past the top of the hour, you're like, oh, yeah, they probably just didn't need to do mm. this bit. So this was Elias coming out, and he, he got cheered a lot, uh, even though he was trying to heal it up. Uh, but he got some heel heat by saying, Bruce Springsteen, we're good friends. Uh, of course, New Jersey's New York's own whatever, the shadow of New, New York. Uh, own Bruce, Bruce Springsteen and he told me that his only regret is that he's from New Jersey Love and that got, a, that got a boo and then there was quite a fun bit where Elias would say no you, you, you keep applauding I'm not going to play for you and he got up and he walked away and then he walked back and he effectively did a yay boo spot by walking away and from a chair which was quite magnificent but then it's a dual branded pay-per-view Luke I don't know if you knew that it's the best of both brands mm. we won it all I've, I've called it the worst of both worlds <laughs> <laughs> in my review. And the New Day come out. Smackdown's own the New Day. And they're kind of musical. They get a kind of musical thing going. And then... Uh, <clears throat> Aiden English's uh, throat-clearing mic bit happens. Which I, I, I popped for. I was enjoying it up until this part. Uh, and then, after Rusev Day, out came No Way Jose. Your favourite. With his weird sex party, complete with Titus Worldwide in there. And Breezango. And Breezango bringing up the rear. And it was just like, what is the point of this? <gasps> this is like the skit version of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal for <laughs> Backlash. And then, like, it, it was it was so forgettable and I was a bit tired of it ten minutes in. It felt like it went 20, 25 minutes this whole bit. And then 
the last person to cap off this We All Make Music segment was Bobby Roode appearing in the ring. Glorious gives Elias a DDT and then he walks out and he does a few babyface dancing comedy bits and I just thought, Bobby, 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 what the hell has happened? This feud must continue, I guess. Are they? I forgot they were feuding. Yeah, remember, the, the, uh, the, he crushed his larynx on Monday. Nice way to sell it, Bobby. <laughs> well, he's better now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we had, you know, he had some strepsils and he had a bit of a throat lozenge. He was all right after that. But then, he, you know, this was him getting his retribution. So I guess this feud must continue and it will continue on to Raw, where they'll most likely have another match tonight. Christ alive. Yeah. Bobby Roode, the heel-dominating NXT champion... One of the most over things in WWE just over a year ago. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass next. <sighs> let's, let's get into this. This was a weird one. Let's get uh, into this. I, I thought at the start this looked quite intriguing when they were both in the ring. I liked the visual of the size difference of yep. Big Cass. Love that. The baby oil difference <laughs> of Big Cass. The just tan difference. Listening. And uh, Daniel Bryan was. Uh, a bit smaller in stature and you've got to remember Big Cass is a hometown boy here wait no he's from New York well the shadow of New York right? <laughs> and I, he, he was getting I, I thought it was a testament to both of them that Big Cass got booed and Daniel Bryan got cheered mm. a, a fair bit but uh, yeah it was just kind of over before it got going from a tiny tap right so this match here was, we go this, Unleash Luke. this match was essentially Daniel Bryan would do some stuff, then Cass would hit a slam, or he would do an like an elbow, or he would like do a punch, uh, maybe a boot, and then would pose. And I think this match only went like seven or eight I've minutes. I got seven minutes. Seven yeah. minutes. It, I, it felt like it went longer. It was dreadfully boring. It felt like it went longer, and also it felt like nothing happened, and it was over really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an incredible <laughs> way to put it. But it was just. It was utterly just useless, and then and then at the end of it. So I did. I said in the predictions that I think that Big Cass is going to win here because it's a it's a win that sort of makes sense. Brian can easily overcome this. If you're extending out this program, you can have Brian overcome the big guy at the end because that's the story you're telling. Is that Cass thinks that he is tall, and then if, particularly if he cheats to win, he can still say I am tall and I beat the small person. You know, doing that fake heelish thing of just like, hey, no, I did beat you fair and square. And then Brian overcomes him right at the end. But that's not the story that apparently they, they're telling, I guess. Because this is Big Cass's return match from his injury. It's a new character for him. It's a new brand for him. It's the first thing he's done since splitting away from Enzo Amore. It's Daniel Bryan's singles return after having a pretty lousy match at WrestleMania, though through no fault of his own. Pay-per-view singles return. Through Yes, pay-per-view singles return. And it was like, well, we don't really want Daniel Bryan to lose. And it just reminded me of... Do you remember in CM Punk's second interview he did with Colt Cabana on uh, Cabana's podcast? You mean the best shoot interview of all time? Well, the, the, the second best one, because his first one was the best shoot yes. interview of all time. But the second one wasn't quite as good. But the second one, he told the story of when he was in a feud with The Shield. Mm. And I can't remember the, the exact, I'm sure someone will let me know, but I'm pretty sure he was booked in a three-on-one handicap match against The Shield. And they said, to, they said to Punk, you're going over in the match, but you've got to make Roman look strong. And Punk's exact words were... Well, why doesn't Roman win then? 
Like if you if you want Roman to win, have him win. Have him beat me. Don't have me beat him, but make him look strong. And that is exactly what happened here. They went into this match. They were like, well, we don't want Brian to lose on his, in his singles pay-per-view return. But we also don't want Big Cass to like lose any heat. So make Cass look really strong and then beat him. But then Cass is just going to attack you afterwards. So nothing is achieved here. Cass didn't get over because he lost clean. He tapped out straight away. As soon as the yes lock was locked in, he tapped out. So now I can't buy him as a big guy because he looks like a complete and utter chump. And Brian doesn't gain anything because he just got flattened out afterwards. So big Cass stands tall. So what was gained here? Nothing was gained here. This was... It's, it's booking yourself into a corner. Oh, we don't want Cass to lose, but we don't want Brian to win either. But we have to have Brian win, but make Cass look strong. You can't have it both ways. And in the end, it just I just it made me hate this so much. This was probably the, the thing I hated the most on this. And as I said in the predictions, I wanted Brian to win because I like Daniel Bryan and I'm not the biggest fan of Big Cass. But really, and, and if this was going to be a one and done, great, have Brian win. But if you're extending out this feud, which apparently they are doing, don't have Cass lose straight away. Because what's Brian going to do now? Like, what if Brian beats him again? Cool, you've already beaten him. Like, it's it's just stupid. What what Luke said. <laughs> what Luke said. Oh yes. man, I'm not, I'm, I'll, I'll you're okay, man. No, it's fine. I mean, I'll probably get some heat for it in the comments. But no, it, no, it's, no. It's, I, it's, everything it's, you said is oh, completely just... right. It's just why book it. Yeah, exactly. Why, why, why book it? that match yeah. when you've got two guys coming back from injury? It's not like Big Cass needs that Daniel Bryan singles match to get him over. It'd be a lot more effective to make him crush and squash some people lower down the card first. Build them both on a, a run against each other to collide further down the line. Yeah, if your aim here is to get Big Cass over, this is not the way to do it. So from Big Cass to his big ex, <laughs> I believe they've broken up now. Well, I was actually going to mention this earlier, but mm. I think... Yeah, I think they're breaking up because I, 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 I was going to make the comment that they've both gone to the same tanning salon because they were both as orange as each mm. other. Uh, so Carmella beat Charlotte next in another one star match. This was, yeah, this was very bad. This was so boring. So boring. Because Carmella, it was just, again, it was just headlock, arm bar thingy. Just re- and it, not like how. Asuka would put on something, or how Zack Sabre Jr. would transition from hold to hold. This isn't a 40-minute Suzuki submission masterpiece. Are you trying to tell me that Carmella is not on the same level as Zack Sabre Jr.? Yeah, I'm hot take. Now I'm going to get some heat in in the comments for that. But Carmella, just just like the Nia Jax and the Alexa Bliss match from earlier, Carmella took 90% of this match in rest holds, but then usually that would mean Charlotte would win. Because WWE've got this really frustrating style of booking matches and laying out matches at the moment where the person who's losing takes 90% of the match. It's kind of like a way to keep both people at the same level in the same way as the Brian Big Cass post-match uh, beatdown angle was done. And But here, Charlotte just lost. She did a moonsault. She sold her knee, Carmella rolled her up and won. There was no interference from the Iconics. This was a clean victory for Carmella. I bet Asuka is delighted. (laughs) That her undefeated streak was ended by Charlotte the next two nights after that. Charlotte, or was it a week after? It was very soon after Charlotte lost that title and then she lost clean to Carmella at the following pay-per-view. 
Yeah, it's, it's awful. And it's uh, it's awful booking. It's an awful result. And it was a it was a rubbish match. And the story they were telling with Carmella was that Carmella she had to have the Iconics beat her down at ringside yes. because she's been trying to cash in her money in the bank for months now but has never found the right opportunity to do it because Charlotte has always got back up and Carmella knows she can't beat Charlotte in a one-on-one out and about. And that's not, to, that's not to say anything against Carmella. It's a character thing. As a character, she is not on the same level as Charlotte. And that's a great little character thing to tell. The undeserving champion. So she cashed in. The, the ultimate opportunist um, she cashed it at the right time when Charlotte could barely stand and she won the belt so that's grand that's the story you're telling so why in this match did she win clean because now she's just shown she is better than Charlotte and took 90% <laughs> and 90% of the match and it, it really takes me out of it as well because I know Charlotte is and just the way WWE presented her Charlotte is much much better than Carmella and Carmella isn't doing anything in the match to impress me so why is Charlotte being dominated? Yeah. Is, does that mean... Sh- it means Charlotte's bad. It doesn't bring Carmella up at all. It drags Charlotte down into this abyss of d- being called up too early. Carmella's a great promo. She's a great character. Yeah. She's got a good moonwalk. But she... This was not a good performance. This, this was... Yeah, this was quite bad. This was quite bad. Okay. Um, right. And now... We could do- a bit of goodness. A yeah. bit of goodness. Until the end. Uh, AJ retained against Shinsuke Nakamura in a no-dick disqualification match. Nice jokes. Thank you, man. Oh, man. Nice praise on that. Banter around hey, here. boob jokes and dick jokes. <laughs> this, <laughs> is your guy. this is your guy. This is your guy. So I, I really enjoyed this match, like you already foreshadowed, up until the finish. And I didn't hate the finish. It was just on a show of loads of other crappy finishes. I think this finish would have been fine if we didn't have Greatest Royal Rumble. Well, that's the that's the, the problem with this. This is our third uh, AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura match within a month. And the one at, the, at WrestleMania wasn't what we thought it would be. It was actually a really average match. I, wonder, I haven't watched it back out of context to just watch it in, in a vacuum so I don't know whether it, it was, it's actually okay if you just watch that one match on its own but it, I didn't think it was a particularly great match the match of Greatest Royal Rumble much much better outing but had a really rubbish finish and then this match was the same story a really good match but a rubbish finish mm. and and I, it, I was thinking about this if AJ and Nakamura were allowed to have the same sort of match that Rollins and Miz had at the start of the night where you kick out of each other's finishes and you do these big high spots and you have a finish, we probably would get the Shinsuke Nakamura-AJ Styles match that we thought we were going to get at WrestleMania. But they haven't been allowed to have that match. The match at WrestleMania didn't have that. The match at Greatest Royal Rumble didn't have that. And this match (coughs) didn't have it either. And then the last two have had these absolutely awful, awful finishes. Just, this was a... I hated the finish of this. So I, uh, I do disagree. I think this would have been a good. So I, I wish this, I wish this feud played out as WrestleMania Dream Match. Shinsuke turns. The next time they wrestle each other is Backlash. So you don't get the Greatest Royal Rumble yep. thing, uh, and then you do effectively the Greatest Royal Rumble match to set up the No DQ match, and then you can have a better match down the line that means you've got two months three matches spread over two months rather than just a single month and the, you kind of know the second rematch is is going to have a screwy finish I expected a screwy finish from Greatest Royal Rumble but have, have the, having to put the next chapter just a week out from your kind of end of your other chapter has really skewered the storytelling and, and it's just like 
within a really poor show with a lot of other crappy finishes this this just was like wwe rubbing salt in in the universe's wounds but yeah. uh, the, i thought the match itself was was really entertaining really good nakamura as a heel is it it feels like his he could have the same matches with everyone that he's had matches with before and you don't always get this when people turn heel sometimes it just feels like they're doing the same match but they occasionally cheat. Nakamura's entire physicality, the way he wrestles, the way he carries himself has changed. So when he has these matches against people, they feel like complete, like it's a completely fresh matchup. Like these two people have never faced each other before. So I really, really enjoy Nakamura. I love, I don't know if this has been brought up before, but I only noticed it here. The foot choke in the corner. Corey called it bad, bad vibrations, vibrations, which yeah. I was a big fan of. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame that AJ, like you said, AJ and Nakamura haven't had that dream match. But I, I do feel like that is coming, but that will come at the end of the story. And this, to me, was never the end of the story. Uh, but it's just typical WWE. Oh, you want that dream match? Here it is three times in a month. Well, that's, yeah, that's not, the other side of it is that they are just sort of driving this into the ground. And you are you are right um, in that it's we've essentially had this, this the three-match story... Only we've had the second match twice. Yes, and yes, that, and that really is the the problem with this. And once we can have that match where they're allowed to have the the way you kick out of each other's finishes and do all this, we might finally get the 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 AJ Nakamura match that we've been wanting to see. Because I thought this was a really good match. What I really really liked about this match actually was that it was it was a no DQ match, but for the first. 75-80% of it it was just a match I forgot it was a no DQ exactly and that's why I kind of liked it it's like the people always praise the uh, the Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match from Wrestlemania because they the, like the ladder isn't really you know they wrestle it's it's another element to it but this is like it's they were having a match and then Nakamura goes and gets the chair he's the first person to introduce something that is no DQ within the match but it's it was 10 minutes in that chair oh was it really yeah yeah and it's, but as other people have pointed out, one of the issues with this is that the they had this, the double countouts at Greatest Royal Rumble, and essentially they just had another double countout here. Only this time they were in the ring after the, they both just kicked each other in the dick and fell down. But my point is, AJ's an he's an effing moron. Like, week after week since WrestleMania, match after match, week after week on SmackDown, he has been hitting the nuts. Like it's the, you know that's that phrase of like fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me AJ man like for, like how many times has he got to be hit in the nuts before he's like oh I should probably wear a cup because he mm. most likely will try and hit me in the nuts during this match he just comes across as a moron for not thinking of this yeah I agree I did like the when Nakamura did the first low blow and everyone was like oh there it was yeah AJ just quickly gets his own low blow and the crowd went crazy for that I popped huge yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just it was it was a rubbish finish. Yeah, um, and it's not good having the same match twice. And it's it's amazing. It's just kind of amazing how this company can take a feud like AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura and just make you not care about it anymore. So like, I gave that three point seven five. So incredible, this scale. company. Uh, I, not to say that I don't I do still care about it I, this is my favourite feud still I'm, I'm losing interest but it's, in it's it. more because of Nakamura's character like I'm just yeah. so into Nakamura's character I, yeah I really like Nakamura's character but I'm quickly losing interest in this feud because it is as you quite rightly pointed out it's that WWE thing of just like hey we've got a feud so you have to have three matches and a pay-per-view problem is we're going to have four because we have to have the Albatross that was the greatest mm. Royal Rumble and it, it has made me care less about it 
so then we got a best of both worlds promo. You can play that in America. And then we got Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Lashley, Bobby Stro, Bobby Strawn. No, you had it right the first Bobby time. Bobby <laughs> Lashley and Braun Strowman versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. You know how you said it was the Daniel Bryan match that irked you most mm-hmm. for some reason this is the one that this is you. the one that got me <laughs> i don't know why because it, it couldn't be more throwaway i know we got this match just two weeks ago it is completely inconsequential i maybe that's why it got to me so much this i mean this really got to me as this well this was so bad <laughs> do you know what as well you know when aj and nakamura went third from the top and had that double count out spot i was just like oh roman's winning in the main event i lo- like, all the, all like, the people. <laughs> like i was like Oh man, my my predictions are so mm. off the mark because Roman is definitely winning in the main event now. Because you, by the way, Luke lost four out of eight predictions. Is it really correct? four out of eight? Yeah. You, so I'll, I'll run through them. Uh, I got so it was a double count out for AJ and Nakamura. Mm. We both picked AJ, so no, nothing that there. Didn't count. We both got Seth Rollins. We both got Jeff Hardy. We both got Nia Jax. We both got Carmella. I got Roman Reigns. Yep. So you only had an, uh, a double DQ. Yep. I had Daniel Bryan. You had Big Cass. Yep. And we both got the tag match wrong because so we that's both five. Said, no, it's four. You got. So you got uh, Seth Rollins, Jeff Hardy, Nia Jackson, Carmella. And the tag match. No, no, no. You got the tag match wrong. We both did. Sami Zayn and. Uh, I'm pretty sure I said uh, Braun and Bobby. Oh, look at that, Strowman and, and Lashley. I've written down my... my well, <laughs> hey, the story isn't here that you got five out of eight. No. The story here is that I got seven, seven out, out of eight. eight. Well done, you, sir. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, not like anything comes of that. No. Uh, so... Just, just ask all those uh, the January <laughs> predictions to go wrong. And the February and March predictions. It'll, it'll, something will happen soon, I'm sure. Uh, so, yes, this match. First of all, it felt like an episode of Raw. And this is the the second match to the end. So it's the penultimate match. You don't really want that feel, even though it is a buffer match. I understand that you don't want it to feel like an episode of Raw, uh, and it was, the match was Bobby getting worked over by Sammy and Kevin Owens, obviously because that's all Bobby Lashley does. And then Bobby hot tags Braun. Braun does his usual run through Kevin Owens, chases down Zane, runs through Kevin Owens again. And then this was the bit that got me so much. Sami Zayn goes to walk away and Owens is like, what are you doing, man? Get back in there. We need to fight. Yeah, and I had uh, flashbacks of when they walked out of the European tour. Do you remember that on SmackDown last year? Oh, yeah. And apparently there was heat. They were sent home early. Uh, But Owens was like, no, we need to get in there and fight. And Sami's like, okay, let's do this. Whoa, roll you in. So he rolls in Owens and Strowman beats up him. And then they do that a few more times and eventually Strowman wins. And then they, like, Sammy leaves Owens in there to get Power Sam some more. It's just, why would Kevin Owens want to fight them? His character is to run away with them. They are so much better together as when they're on the same page, like a Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho partnering, where they're just being stupid, horrible heels. And again, it's they've just moved over to Raw. They do have main event potential. Kevin Owens was a universal champion for a a number of months. Like nine months he held that thing, and here he is just being used as fodder for Braun Strowman. Which, you know, I'm not against Strowman having fodder, but this is 
really to the detriment of two of my favorite guys in the company. It was just, it's almost like WWE looked at the Bailey and Banks feud and was like, oh, do you know what? That's working so well. Let's definitely do that with uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because they spent quite a bit of time on SmackDown sort of feuding with each other but also tagging with each other and then come to wrestlemania you're like well actually we need them to be a tag team so now they're the best now they're the best of mates again so they were the best of mates again for wrestlemania and then they went over to raw and they were like cool now they're going to stay the best of mates and then they get to this match it's like oh but now they're arguing with each other again i'm like i don't know what these characters are anymore it was a really like it's detrimental booking in terms of like the, the story that you're trying to tell i mean my notes here are just like guess what bobby got beaten down and then tagged in braun who ran wild Oh, and guess what happened next? Braun tra- uh, charged at someone, they dodged out of the way, and he hit the post. It's, I, this match was so infuriatingly boring. And then, to, the, to cap it off, you had all this Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn nonsense, absolute nonsense within there. Bobby wins with his delayed suplex. The, argue over, the commentators argue over, argue over who was the legal man, because apparently it wasn't the person that they pinned. And then, like dicks after the match, Braun and Bobby beat them up still. Be a star, mate. Be, like Nia cut a promo about this earlier. You beat them fair and square, why are you beating them up again? Like, it's like, just make them look like absolute dicks after that. Yeah, so not only does it harm Owens and Zayn, but the crowd were not into I'm this Not match. into it at all. And they were not into Braun Strowman power slamming Owens. No. Uh, after the match had finished. So it harmed Strowman a bit, to be honest. It made Strowman just look not big time at all, which not is all. the the worst thing you can do, really, because he's the one with the most star potential. So I, I gave that a one star as well. <sighs> yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, an, an awful, awful show. Yeah, a, a really terrible show. And hopefully this is the end of the previous year rather than the start of what's to come because I feel like this is always the epilogue part of mm. of uh, WrestleMania. Perhaps. I'm worried it's the prologue for SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah. But let's let's see. But well, it, we've it got, was not promising. Yeah, we've got money in the bank <clears throat> in six weeks' time. Um, I mean, you know what happens when Raw and SmackDown have six weeks to book something. It <laughs> tends to go wrong, but maybe it will go right this time. Mm. I mean... As we, as kind of, you know, we joked about it earlier about how that we just had to get out of the way of Superstar Shakeup and the draft and Greatest Royal Rumble and Backlash. I'm hoping you're right. Let's hope that tonight's Raw is the start of its new leaf and it's, you know, it's the next chapter. It's the start chapter one. Let's kick things off here because we need to move forward towards SummerSlam and beyond because this was not a good start. This was a a bad bad show. It's the worst pay-per-view that WWE have put on in quite some time. They didn't have a pay-per-view this bad last year. And I, I can't remember one that was the year previous that might have been this bad. And these are pay-per-views that had Jinder Mahal as WWE, like a Punjabi prison match. I think the worst pay-per-view in the Observer Awards was Battleground, which was the Punjabi prison show. This I quite ba- liked. That was quite fun, though, from I, a stupid yeah, exactly. This was just infuriating. This pay-per-view was so much worse than that. So much worse. A bad show. Usually I might say, like, so tell your anecdote. But first, Backlash was a terrible show. Let's, let's use that as a segue yes. into the actual uh, the anecdote itself. Backlash was a bad show. Backlash is still a bad show. I mean, it's, it's about three hours after we recorded that podcast now. Because I don't know if you know, ladies and gentlemen, we went to the gym. Oh, we did. Yes. And That'd we're be... not going to shut up about it. <laughs> until post some pictures on Instagram. Until we get lazy and stop going. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, my post... Post gym nutrition wasn't amazing. 
No, you had a bowl of shreddies. I had half a pack of shreddies. I was going to say a it, box it, of shreddies. It wasn't even a bowl. I I had quite a nice salad with some falafel. I don't know how good falafel mm. are, but I had some falafel rice, uh, cucumber, peppers, tomatoes, uh, some little olives in there, gherkin, and jalapeno. Yeah, I, ju- I just need to get rid of these shreddies. I don't like them being around. So I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to eat all the sh- all the shreddies as quickly as possible. <laughs> I got them for free. By the way, this show is sponsored by shreddies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so my anecdote from the weekend. It was the 80s themed birthday party that uh, I went on. to. Quote, yeah. 80s themed. Yeah, which means they found the 80s playlist on Spotify. Oh, and no one dressed up or anything. Oh, dear. I, my wife was livid when she heard this. It's, yeah, and... Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so one of our friends was there and he ran the Paris Marathon on WrestleMania Day. Wow. Yeah. So uh, he went and did that. And he not only has long legs, he's a very good all-round physical performer. Probably one of the best of my group of school friends. And he he was doing very well. And I was very invested because I was very proud of how well he was doing. And then he ran the marathon, got injured, and I think it's a, he got a disappointing time. And because my... <laughs> what, is, group, what, it, what would be a disappointing time? So I'd say anything... So, hmm, I don't know. I don't know, really. But it was, uh, it was a lot... It wasn't what he thought he would get. But he or was, we he, all hoped he would yeah, get. Yeah, but he got injured, right? So yeah, like, there's, yeah. there's an well, that, that's for it. That's it. And just... Doing the marathon in the first place, all that training, yeah, totally. incredible, incredible. Yeah. But we're, that's not how our group of friends operates. No. We make fun of them yeah. and make them feel bad and uh, tell them to say how well they did to, <laughs> to other people that he's never met before at this party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Graham, did, yeah, he did a really good run. T- tell him about your run, Graham. <laughs> so we all found that very funny. I felt bad the next day. I had to send him a text and say, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, in all this bravado, uh oh, we'd had a few, and uh, the eighties music was flowing. We we all made a pact and then booked to lose your virginity before. Yes, uh, and the Brighton Marathon, twenty nineteen. You're running a marathon. So I am running a marathon in in ten months. That's that's twenty nine miles. 26.2, I think. 26.2. I knew it was yeah. something around that number. That's yeah. a lot of miles. It's a lot of miles. So, for example, you and I, we ran two kilometres today. Yes. How many of those would you have to do in order to complete a marathon? So I think it's 40 kilometres. 40 kilometres, isn't it? Uh, how many kilometres? I'm going to Google this. How many kilometres oh, in Googling stuff live on air. Marathon. Not marathon. Uh, yeah, 42 kilometres. Hmm. So that would be uh, 21 times the amount we did today. Yeah, okay. That was quite tiring what we did today. Yes. but it's not at, a... at that pace, by the way. As good, at that pace that we were running at? At that pace. At a 13? A bit, a bit, bit faster. <sighs> Mate, that sounds fast. Right? I know, yeah. So um... That's like actual proper running. Oh my God, the first result is three reasons why you should not run a marathon. <laughs> One, it's dumb. Uh, yeah, but man, so... I mean, that's that's cool. So 10 months time, you're going to be running a marathon. So that's 10 months from now is the... February? It's April. It's the week after WrestleMania. Oh, wow. I had to check. I always have to check things based on pay-per-views <laughs> before I commit to them. 
So Ollie Davis could be running a marathon. Mm. So I mean, so when you and I go to the gym, because that's what that's just the thing we do now. That's our, that's our hobby. That's our, that's what we do now. Posting pictures on Instagram. Um, you're going to be doing a lot of running. Yeah. There because you need to train yourselves to be able to run, like. That, I mean, that'd be okay. So it's 21 times what we did today, and what we did today took you 10 minutes. So 21. I was going to say that's like two hours. It's like well, two hours, ten minutes. Well, yeah, I'd, but I won't be able to keep that pace up. So it would be around uh, four hours. Oh, is kind of. You made my stomach turn. I'll be happy if it's under four hours. That's a long yeah. time to run. It's too long to run. It's, that it's that is long too time. long to run. Mm. I just, I just think that that is too long to be. You running. never wanted to do a marathon, though. No, I've always had it in like a this weird bucket list. Marathons on there. Absolutely not. Like I don't want the skydive. No, I don't want to do that either. I'm terrified of or heights. Or bungee jumping, nothing like terrified that. Terrified of heights, you know. Fine to run on a flat surface. No, I mean, I've, I like sitting down. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, doing a film marathon, that I'm all over. Mm. You pick out a franchise with multiple entries, I will happily sit down and watch all of those back to back. That is a marathon I can get involved with. In fact, fun story, it was the first time that me and my friends did, uh, so we used to have a movie marathon club where we would get together once a month and we would watch through a franchise from start to end. In, in total, we did Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and Planet of the Apes and Final Destination, this and the other. But when we, the first time we did it uh, solo, because the first time we did it was at the Prince Charles Cinema where we watched one through eight of Friday the 13th, and then we went back to my friend's house and watched uh, 9, 10, Freddy vs. Jason and the remake. Um, but when we were doing Nightmare on Elm Street and I was working it, this was three jobs ago so I was working at that job and they asked like oh what are you doing this weekend I said oh I'm doing a marathon and they were like oh you don't then they were taking it back a little bit because I'm not the sporty type and they were like oh I didn't even know there were any marathons on this weekend where is it and I was like oh it's at my house um, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a mo- but we just got so used to calling it a marathon because that's what we call it that I just used it as a lexicon term people just instantly assumed it was a running one. Oh, Why no, correct not. them? Well, no, it was a running time one because we watched a lot of films mm. and it took us, I think, 10 or so, uh, 10, 12 hours, I think, to, to do the... Uh, might have been longer than that. Anywho, but anyway, I, doing a marathon is not something... It's, it's too long to run. Yeah, well, uh, I when you sign up and everything, uh, you get to a page that says, hey, so charities are a thing around marathons. Uh, I was I wasn't signing up as part of a charity. They said, "But would you like a charity to contact you, and then maybe you could work something out? You can fundraise. You can help out a charity." And there was a list of charities. Was one of them be a star? What one of them was Make a Wish? <laughs> okay, uh, that's actually a good charity. And 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 I was going through, and I thought, well, you know, Mind is 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 probably the top runner. And even though like I've got quite a connection with mind i'm going down and one of them right at the bottom because of alphabetical order is wwf oh the, the world, world wildlife fund. fund with the pandas so even though family history of stuff that would suit mind i've gone straight for <laughs> wwf <laughs> for the lols for the lols because so hopefully, need to contact hopefully you. i'm gonna get a panda call and they're gonna be like hey do you want to help us raise some money and i'll be like well what can can what can you give me, Panda Guy? Yeah. Can I have the Federation back for <laughs> my favourite wrestling company of the last two decades? Oh, but we're so used to calling it WWE. No, right? it's still better as <laughs> WWF. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that was that was a good weekend. Was the rest of the party good? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. That was a good party. Yeah. 
Uh, so we've got some iTunes reviews to read out. Before we do, oh, yes. can I give a quick shout out to um, Bosch, which is a, a a duo, a vegan duo, chef duo, um, who uh, I just got their cookery book for my wife as a Valentine's Day gift. I pre-ordered it for Valentine's Day. Didn't come out till April, but you know, it's a thought that counts. Um, and people love getting uh, email receipts oh, in place yeah, of a absolutely. present. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. oh, it's, it's so good. It's it's like getting two presents then, mm. um, and. We got the book, and I've made quite a few things from it last week. And I, yesterday, I made, oh, Oliver Davis. I made a seaside pie. So it was essentially trying the everything you would get within a fish pie, but at a vegan style of it. So it's done with uh, mushrooms and uh, chopped up nori and lemon juice and whole grain mustard and good, good gravy. It was delicious. And, and good gravy? Well, there's not really. Yeah, yes, yeah, because you do it with soy Good. cream Good. Uh, or pl- any plant-based cream would have done. But it was just absolutely magnificent. Just so, and it was beautiful mash on top of it. I was very, very proud of of the the, the cooking that I had done. So I just want to give a shout out to the to the Bosch boys. Look at you talking about your fitness regime, <laughs> talking about your diet stuff. Yep. I mean, my right, wife. You're a modern man. Absolutely, my wife posts up all of her food on Instagram, so you can see all the the, the gram, the on the gram, so on you the can gram. I did. I tell you, I used to. I was saying that while we were in uh, Ghent with my friends, we were saying, "Oh, you're doing that for the grams." And after a while, they just told me to stop saying that. But that's what the cool kids say. They're well, not that's being what cool. I argued. Yes. That's what I argued. I was like, apparently, that's what you're supposed to say. Well, Mr. Mooney on iTunes has has written Wrestle Ramble five stars. Wrestle Ramble is awesome. I really enjoy listening to them. If you like wrestling, you will love Wrestle Ramble. Hashtag support Wrestle Talk. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Mooney. Oh, Mr. Mooney. And uh, Davey88, amazing podcast. I love you guys. You're very entertaining and hilarious. Keep it up. Oh, well, thank you, Davey88. Cheers. Same birth year as you. Well, we will be back tomorrow with the Raw Review because it's a a pay-per-view week. We're just here. It's more ramble than ever. It is more ramble than ever. And, oh, boy, how am I not looking forward to Raw? I don't know. What, like that pay- it could be good. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to SmackDown. Well, yeah. But even then. Now like, that Backlash is out of the way. But even then, when you think about it, like, what came out of Backlash that made you excited for SmackDown? Nakamura. Honestly, like, uh, Nakamura and AJ. I'm really into it. Uh, but that would be about it. Yeah. 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 It's killed my interest in, in a couple of other stuff. Because, like, the best thing on Backlash, Rollins and Miz, that does not build to the TV at all. No, <laughs> it does not. Because they are very much different mm. brands. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm not I'm not looking forward to that half-five wake-up tomorrow to, to go and watch Raw. But, you know, hey, maybe the fact that you gave it a bore rating for the pay-per-view, the worst rating possible. And, and bore ratings uh, almost as rare as in alls. So, so the one out of fives are as rare as the five out of fives. So really, with a bore rating, it can only get better from there. Let's find out tomorrow. We'll see you then. But until then, I love you. Goodbye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.